Welcome to the summer edition of Among Wolves. Where we only drop an episode every now and again. Because of vacation and <laughs> stuff. Yes. Consistency problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Well, well, well. My, my, my. Well, well, well. Let's take a ride. You started a new job today. Or yesterday. I did. So I'm allowed to talk about my new... I don't know about necessarily to talk about it. That'd be a weird topic to have on the show. But... Just um, say what you're doing. Exactly. I can talk. I can say what I'm doing. I'm working for the Archdiocese of Las Vegas here, and I'll be helping coordinate um, adult faith formation for the diocese. So so that's pretty cool. Um, it's different. It's really funny because uh, now that I've started that job, uh, I've come to realize that a lot of people that I work with kind of thought I was doing youth ministry at the diocesan level. They didn't realize that I took the adult faith formation position that was open. They, oh. th- they thought I took the youth ministry position that was open because everybody just assumes if David's doing it, it's youth ministry. Well, yeah, I, I imagine. It makes sense because, you know, cause, you know even that's the same. Your, that's your wheelhouse. It's my wheelhouse. And but now isn't your point of teaching adults so that they can teach children? Yes. And so that, in a sense, it's a branch of youth ministry? Kind of. But but at the same time, like, I lost, like, well, not necessarily lost, but a lot of those charisms that I have are dying down in me. Like, the, the charisms that it, that it requires for a youth minister to be able to do, like, A, one, just playing simple games, like, Ever since I broke my foot, I've been having trouble playing the games with the kids. But that's uh, um, that kind of stuff. And then, like, B is just, like, um, being able to be at all the events and not feel like it being a burden to be at all the events. Like that's A burden to you? A burden to me, yeah. Because that's that's kind of, like, one of the things as a youth minister. You, you show up at everything, right? Well, aren't you supposed to be there because that's right. your job? Exactly. But then, like, whenever you have your regular day job on top of all the evening youth ministry events and things like that, uh, when I was younger, that's not a big deal because that's... Well, how much do you have to do during the day? I have to do a lot during the day. <laughs> I don't think... That's what a lot of people don't realize is that there's a, there's a lot of things that... that uh, Happen behind the scenes with youth ministry. Just, I mean, just paperwork alone. Is this mostly confirmation that I do behind the scenes? No. Uh, during the confirmation year, yes. But outside of that, then there's. I feel like the way youth ministers are now is it's like seventy five percent of their job is confirmation. It is, and then yeah. like twenty percent is then can be youth group and you know right. stuff like that, and then the five percent is like, oh, uh, I guess you could do young adults. Yeah. Or even that might be smaller, and then we kick the 5 to 10% to say, now you have to do other things in the church. Like, you have to be part of the, the, the festival or the welcoming committee or right. this and that. Or. Right. And that's a, um, that is kind of what it's like a lot, especially in Western United States where the confirmation age is kind of high school. Uh, a lot of it is the youth minister ends up doing that. And at a parish our size, whenever you were talking 250, almost 300 students, then, yeah, there's a lot of what I did that was like, confirmation takes up a lot of time. That's know? what I mean. Whenever so, you're at making curriculum, uh, shooting videos, and, and editing, editing things for consistency, uh, and then um, taking care of all of the paperwork. Like, if you think about one student, right? One student will, will generate a registration sheet 
a uh, a baptismal sheet that has to be reviewed in case it's like not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> or or from the Philippines where they have fifty seven <laughs> godparents, yeah, exactly. Or if it's a um, or or if it's like from an Eastern Rite or something like that, and then you got to find out if they're actually well, they're conf- already confirmed, right? <laughs> Not always, but most of the time, yes. And so you got to figure all those things out. And then uh, in addition to that, you're going to want a sponsor certificate. And uh, the way that works in our diocese is that uh, the sponsor is uh, is designated by the pastor. But the pastor wants assurance that the person is canonically able to serve in the capacity. Does that make sense? It's kind of interesting. So the way that what that means is canon law has a lot to say about what a sponsor can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. And I have to explain this 87 times throughout the year to everybody. Uh, And then the pastor of the parish where the person is getting affirmed technically is the one who allows for the sponsor. Uh, but in our diocese, what we want is we want the pastor of whatever parish that person is going to, to vouch for that person, saying that, yeah, this person meets all the canonical requirements, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not a big deal if it's St. Thomas More, right? That becomes a bigger deal if it's, you know, some random parish in California, and even a bigger deal if it's some random parish in the Philippines, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes a long time for get these, and even bigger deal if it's some random parish in the Philippines, and then the person's marriage is irregular or whatever, you know? <laughs> and so all these things that, that all this uh, generated paperwork and problems that come up because people wait to the last minute on these things. Uh, and then every student is going to, is going to do 15 hours of service each year. Yes. Uh, at least, right? So if they're a Bishop Gorman student that they want the discount, they'll do the 15 hours of service plus an additional 10, right? And so, so and tracking all those to seeing that everybody has all of that stuff. And then they have to have regular attendance, not missing more than four classes. And if they do, you got to contact them and figure out how, uh, what program we're going to stick them into because that's no longer a program. And you have to have programs that are available for them to, to go into if they're not making See, them. it's all... <laughs> and- I, There's so much that goes into that. I don't feel like that's youth ministry. Right. I agree. That's confirmation prep. Right? Yes. So like when I was in confirmation, we had a youth minister and we had a R- DRE. And right. I said R-E-D again. <laughs> you just spelled red. <laughs> R-E-D-R-U-M. <laughs> so <laughs> mm, red rum. <laughs> no, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> um. I like when Maggie Simpson put the red rum blocks in the shiny oh, yeah. episode. Yeah, that was great. Did you catch that? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's a visual gag though. It doesn't work on a podcast. Yeah, we can't we can't <laughs> here. This is how the sound clip sounds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But um back to what I'm saying, like my youth minister had nothing to do with confirmation. Yeah. You know. And now I feel like all the youth ministers have stuff to do with confirmation. Even like when Anthony was doing Yeah. Um, youth ministry, he had nothing to do with confirmation. I think he taught a class, but that had nothing to do with his youth ministry job. Right. Now that he's now that he's in a new position, that he does everything. Yeah, <laughs> like literally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And if you looked at um, the renewing the vision document, and then the, some, some of the uh, the renewing the vision document is uh, um, good the, job. <laughs> the only uh, United States document that talks about youth ministry, right? Or the, the primary United States document that talks about youth ministry. And it was put out, I think, in 1992 or 1993 or maybe uh, 1997 or something like that. My wheelhouse. I know, right? The 90s is, is when it was put out. Um, and, so it, and it was kind of like the authoritative document in youth ministry uh, until um, Pope Francis released that uh, um, apostolic exhortation on, um, on the youth, right? Uh, and so uh, this particular document talks about various areas of uh, 
uh, a comprehensive youth ministry. And there's like nine areas, and only one of those is catechesis. But the catechesis area seems to be taking up 90% of what youth ministry is mm-hmm. uh, in the Western United States. Part of that is just budget constraints. Well, um, also catechism is the only thing that brings money in. That's possibly true. It's mm. uh, <laughs> Sorry, I do not work for the diocese. <laughs> Nothing that Neil says reflects <laughs> the feelings or opinions of the, of the Archdiocese of Las Vegas. Um, anyway. Or any parishes inside. Or any parishes within said archdiocese. But anyway. Or any other archdiocese. <laughs> or any other archdiocese. Or diocese. Or parish. Or anybody in particular. Or the Catholic Church. <laughs> or the Catholic Church. Eastern and Western rites. <laughs> Not even the Anglicans, because that's too close. Yeah, that's too, poor Anglicans. <laughs> They're like, we don't want this guy either. Maybe the Lutherans. Maybe the Lutherans will take it. That's still treading water. <laughs> Yeah, the Methodists got you. Um, so, so, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, part of it is just simply budget constraints. Like uh, people can't afford multiple parishes can't afford multiple positions here, right? Right. Yeah. And um, it, tithing is not what it used to be, right? It's not so like most people like they throw a couple of bucks in the collection plate, you know, yeah. versus the the ten percent or or something like that. That's um, that is more, you know. Sacrificial giving, you know, it's not really a, it's not not much of a thing here in the, in the United States, particularly, right? Um, and so that that puts a hamper on what what level of staff you're going to get, and and wh- how much staff you're going to get, and, right. and that becomes a problem. And so, and it's rough too because I feel like your youth group kids are all the ones who will be involved in church, right? And your confirmation kids won't. And this, honestly, this is why I'm a huge advocate of restored order. Like, I think... Uh, restored order. Restore, restored order, yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Execute restored order 66. 66. <laughs> restored order. That'd be a great sound, sound clip, wouldn't it? If we could get uh, uh, an AI to generate... So do do, do Palpatine voice. Palpatine. To do stuff I say. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but then you have to change it to Mr. Burns. Excellent. <laughs> exactly. That's basically the same. Person. And Homer Simpson it says, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was a good episode, too. But uh, um, in re- re- are you familiar with the idea or the argument for restored order? No. Oh. The I argu- mean, re- I do, but you okay. should explain I should it. Explain it. So the idea of restored order is that... Um, the, the sacraments of initiation uh, normally flow as follows. Like you were baptized, mm-hmm. you were strengthened um, in confirmation by receiving the Holy Spirit or by mm-hmm. receiving the, an out, uh, um, a strengthening and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then you, are com- you complete your initiation by receiving Eucharist, right? What should you do before you're confirmed? And that's why it's the backwards order. Oh. So restoring, the pro- restoring order is the proper order putting confirmation uh, before first Eucharist, and so that is um, a lot of advocates for that. There's f- several states and, and dioceses that have done this, right? Um, but it's there's also some dioceses that tried this and failed miserably. Um, I'm selling that sweet, sweet confirmation money. <laughs> well, it, not just that. It's like because a large majority of the United States does do it later in in the adolescent years. Uh, it ends up costing a lot of money in order to make it put restored order in place because you're talking about like um, basically running uh, a confirmation program almost every single year for several years in a row uh, for like um, 
let's say we want to get it back to second grade or first grade or whatever. So from our from our vantage point of tenth grade, so that's eight to, years worth of yes. <laughs> or do you do them all at once? Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And if you did either way, if you did it, where would you hold those classes? You know, once you start talking about sacramental preparation, you can do it in fourth grade or whatever. Usually you have a lot of second graders and you have a lot of high schoolers, but not so much in between. But once you start saying like, okay, we're going to, if you want to do it all at once, then you're talking about like potentially 100 to 150 students in each, in each grade level. Where are you going to put them? You know, and, and, and when are, are they even going to show up? Because oh, everybody's going to be like, oh, no, I'm not doing this till there's 14. Right, right. Yeah, but it, but you progressively move backwards and things like that. But but usually they, they set out a plan, progressively move backwards, usually like a five-year plan, then to get it down to like five-year plan. Yeah, second grade or, or whatever, eight-year plan or whatever, depending on, depending on the diocese. And But it does cost a lot of money up front in order to get that in there. And you have to hire an extra help because – what youth minister is going to survive doing something like that, right? Or what yeah, parish or, or, staff is going to survive doing something like that? And so there's a lot of just practical constraints to it. Uh, and then add into our city uh, the transiency. Uh, there's a lot of people that move in and out of I'm, our city. I am literally shocked at the amount of transiency we have with the amount of growth we have. Right. Yeah, we're, we're overall increasing. Oh, yeah. Which that's still transient because people are coming in, right? And so, No, but I mean... The fact that we have so many people still going out. Yeah, we do have a lot of people going out. It's like if you're filling the club and the people are going out and in, but yet there's still more people throughout the night Yeah. until we hit, you know, well, in the club you hit capacity, but not here. No, we haven't hit capacity. We've we hit keep... capacity, California. Go home. Pretty much. I know. <laughs> I'm such a hypocrite. I'm like, go away, California. We don't want you. And you said a guy who moved from California. <laughs> but I did it in the 90s, so it's okay. Back, back when it was okay. <laughs> back when it was, before it was cool. <laughs> You're the real hipster. Oh, I uh, hate that. <laughs> who was it? There, my friend Justin would do that all the time. Yeah. Because I'd be like, God, I hate hipsters. And then he'd be like, yeah, I know. Like, when you did things before, it was cool, right? Like, wearing covers and stuff. And I'll be like, shut up. I'm not a hipster. <laughs> like or, in comic books and superheroes. You know, yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Side tangent. Let me tell you. I hate. I love. But I hate. This is the gatekeeping part of me. Because it's like, you know how hard we had it back in the day? <laughs> like, I hate that you could go in Target, and it's like, oh, you want a Flash t-shirt? $7 right there. Right. And I'm like, oh, you kids don't know what it's like. <laughs> I, like, love the Flash, and I had to, like, sit there, and I'd have to have a catalog at the comic book store. So you had to go to the comic book store to get access to this catalog to find the apparel page on the back. And then you can only buy, like, one shirt every month or so because they were, like, $25. Wait, six to eight weeks for shipping? Yes. <laughs> it would take, like, two months, and then you get it. And this is back, like, and $25 was a lot of money back yeah, then. Yeah. So it's like, I need my Green Lantern shirt, my, green, my Flash shirt, you know. I still have some of these shirts, you know, that I bought in the late 90s. Yeah, you because know? they're holding on to them because of uh, oh, well, there's the that expense. <laughs> yeah, I guess, huh? But I'm just like... You know, it was like, it was difficult to do that because you didn't sell yeah. stuff like that. It was hard to find a Star Wars shirt back then or something like that. You know, like in the early 80s, you could buy Star Wars shirts all the time because the movies were out. Right. And then you got to the, to the dark ages, you know, before it became cool again. And then it was just like, oh, you can't find that. Like when I was a kid, I was lucky that I grew up in the L.A. area and my mom actually had a Disneyland pass. 
You know, well, oh, because then you could get to the Star Wars stuff inside inside yeah. Star Tours. That's the only place yeah. you could find stuff because I think that to sell more stuff, they brought things back. Like they had the model kit. I bought, I got all the model kits that they had in the seventies and eighties, and somehow they must have just redid it just for Disneyland because I don't think you could find it at a hobby shop or something. Yeah. And I got Darth Vader's Tie Fighter and uh, you know an X Wing and things like that. You know, and my mom bought me all the 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 movie posters from one birthday you know so this is like late 80s i still have the empire strikes back poster hanging in my office at work nice and that's the one my mom bought me but she had to go to disneyland to buy it and she literally drove to disneyland bought the stuff and left because she probably got a churro while she's there but i mean (laughs) because she had annual pass so she was able to do all that stuff but it was like this is the only place i could get stuff from my kid who likes star wars Back in like the late 80s, because they don't make Star Wars stuff anymore. Yeah. You know? So it was just weird. And now you can get it everywhere. But like, yeah. Like, it's cool. Yeah. So I had superhero shirts back when nobody had superhero shirts. Yeah. And if I had more money, I would have had like like a reverse Flash t shirt. And then people would be like, your Flash shirt's messed up. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a different character, it's a different one. And this shirt is Golden Age Flash, even though it looks like the Shazam Captain Marvel shirt. And, oh, yes, Captain Marvel is actually Shazam's real name. Sorry <laughs> I have to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay, sorry. So being hip before hip, but, yeah. Yeah. So back to confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so uh, going back to that, So, but the idea behind Restored Order, if, if, if we were to move that direction, A, statistically, more people would receive the Sacrament of Confirmation. And I believe in the sacrament of confirmation, so I think that's a very good thing. I think that um, I, I think that we would have uh, more people keeping their faith through high school and through through college years if we did the, the sacrament of confirmation whenever they're actually more docile to the spirit as a second grader or first grader, because that's really the only requirement that you have canonically. Uh, and so um, I think that would do a lot better for just the spirituality of young people. However, um, I don't think that, that we'd ever be able to, to do that because of the cost and all the practical constraints unless, like, it became, like, a regional thing. Like, all of Region 11 has decided that every bishop around the, you know, in, the, in, this, in these six dioceses or whatever all, all decided that uh, they're going to— Oh, that's way too big anyway. <laughs> I'm even thinking like, hey, these three parishes. No, no, you, yeah, we did. St. Andrews um, had had gone to restored order. I don't know if they still are, but in Boulder City, they did restored order because it was a small enough community where they, say, could, they could function that way. When you're like talking about diocese full, right? Because, oh, right. but then here's the thing too. So, the youth ministry could be youth ministry again. Well, but then here's the other point too: is at what what age are you thinking would be the confirmation? To me, I'm saying I'd say the younger the better. So, so we if we're doing it seven years old, oh, I would do it at baptism if they let me. But no, in in the Western Church, you'll probably still do it at the age of reason. So at, at the the ability to manifest faith. So seven years old. Okay, when are you doing first communion? Seven years old. Okay, then what would you do for religious education after that? Oh, lots of things. But Be- will people go? That's the thing. Not everybody will go. Because then the problem is you don't have that carrot to dangle. 
Correct, but it should uh, faith formation should. I'm be not saying. Right. No, 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 Lexi. Right. You got to remember, this is Neil talking. <laughs> There's plenty of times I say I know what's right. Like what I said, I went to a mass on Wednesday and a wedding on Saturday. Boy, I don't want to go on Sunday. And then Lisa's like, you know, that doesn't count. I said, of course, I know it doesn't count. I know all the rules for this stuff. Doesn't mean I have to like it or right. or follow it. Right. Right now, I'm really feeling the obligation aspect of this. <laughs> you know, but then. There, I feel like I fulfilled it. It's like <laughs> it's like if we did a, a Anaheim and we went to daily mass five times, which is yes. literally 17 hours of church. <laughs> but then it's like, well, we could skip out on Sunday, right? No, no, we have to go on Sunday. But we literally did church for 17 hours. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <sighs> this is going to be two hours also. And they're going to have dancing. <laughs> and if we get there too early, there's going to be the guys with the fire and dancing. <laughs> Or the worst one when they had the guy talk about dancing. Yeah, that was interesting. That was yeah, that was not a prayer service. It was literally like a job fair. Yeah, you I, know would, what I like reading. <laughs> I like singing and I like to dance. Yeah, if they advertised it, that'd be happier with it. Um, but think about this though: the Protestants don't have that problem, and they don't have a confirmation for the most part. A handful of Protestants do, but um, but do they have they have classes and stuff that. They have youth groups and they well, have. There's youth group live, and then there's like class. Lively small is... groups and for, formations. They do have formations. There's um, uh, lots. Like my my cousin is a youth pastor at his uh, at his church in Florida. And they got they got a, a strong young adult group or young adult like youth group type thing, where they do teach. But it's youth group, right? And but it's see, formation. That's the thing. It's catechesis in the midst of uh, discipleship, and the focus is discipleship. See, I don't think we'd have a problem getting youth groups. But the youth groups, and here's the difference, is it's a hungry catechesis at that point. Yeah. Because the people that are coming are those who, are, who want to be disciples. So not only do they want to know how to live out their faith in particular situations, but they also just want to know their faith. Right. Like some of my most fruitful classes in, in Colorado, they, re, they move the, um, the, in the Diocese of Colorado Springs, they move the um, confirmation age back to seventh grade, right? Seventh or eighth grade. And we chose seventh grade at our parish. And I was way excited about that. So I took it out of high school. It was like junior year of high school there. I took it out of high school all the way down to seventh grade. And then what I did for high school, we did the theology of the body. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It was great. Scandal. <laughs> we did it. We did like the basic stuff. So we walked through um, like the, the uh, foundational faith formation stuff that you would do. But then we also uh, got to dive deeply into the, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, which was really cool. We created a really great um, service program that I believe it's still running. Um, it was still running years after I'd left. I don't know if it's still running now. It's been a long time since I've been there, but I, it was one of those strong things that was still going. And then uh, we also did a uh, interfaith dialogue thing, which was really great. So we did the studying of um, uh, of other faiths from a Catholic perspective and understanding um, uh, where they are, where they come from, and then we'll do dialogues and things like that for the juniors and seniors. And that was really cool. Um, and I don't have any room for that. You know, nobody has any room for that. Nobody has a bandwidth to do that mm -hmm. because all we're focusing on is getting these kids their sacraments, right? Mm -hmm. Which they need to do. But at the same time, if the if it was in restored order, they would have already done that. And those who are coming were the ones who are who are still evangelized and just wanting to go deeper in their faith. And this is the point where you're going to get to. Where is it like? Is it quality or quantity? Because your youth group's not going to get like a hundred people. Oh, we had a hundred people at our youth group in Prince of Peace. Easy. Okay. Well. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was, and and it's not. Uh, um, I had eighty people at the at the youth group. That was like one of my last youth groups at St. Francis, but there was eighty people there. But there eighty kids the whole time in the youth no, group. No, uh, typically like the the average youth group would would fluctuate from like twenty to fifty kids. Right. That that's was, what I'm talking right, more like. Right. That's that was the average youth group or whatever. But the, sorry, saying, not like everybody on the paper. Right. Right. No, everybody on the paper. Like I, I would do the math, and we would see roughly two hundred kids throughout the year in youth group. Um, uh, But we would average uh, attendance of like between 20 and 50. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. More is more of a youth group style. Right. Right. Yeah. But you could do like really big things. um, And if you were focused on like, how do we form them as disciples? Not how do we get them through this program? Oh, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think that would be extraordinarily fruitful, but I just don't know that it would ever work in our diocese because of our size, because mm-hmm. of our lack of numbers and lack of funding, uh, lack of numbers and lack of funding by, like, staff. Like, it's hard. We don't have a whole – our parishes have tiny staffs. Uh, and that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, skeleton crew. Skeleton crew. Yeah, the parishes <laughs> have skeleton crews, and um, – just enough to really get by because that's what we can afford. If we want to pay people a, a, a just wage, that's what we can afford here. And so not unless like the whole region from Cal- from us through California decides that they want to um, go restored order, it would never work. It's just too expensive. You can't maintain it for a long haul. Mm. But if we were, it could be very, very good for the church. Right. And that was funny too because – all those I did like ten years of confirmation, but I've always been like a youth group person, right? And we never, and I didn't do any. Well, I, I won't say that because I've always helped out with youth group when I could, right. but I was never a regular youth group helper at your for your youth group. Yeah, not for not for this one. Yeah, so yeah. which is funny because I did all those years with Anthony and stuff like that, but I've always been like because you're such a good teacher, and I wanted you, I wanted you focused there. <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather do youth group. Youth group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that was like that's more my relational. Like, yeah, but that's why that's why I liked you as a teacher because as a teacher you're still extraordinarily relational, and so you can you you can reach that that piece of it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's that uh, Paul the sixth thing is is people don't listen to teachers they listen to witnesses, mm-hmm. and since you're relational and, and you can talk about your faith walk and um, and people like you and they relate to you then they're like oh i'll listen to this guy he's he's interesting to listen to and he's likable and so let's let's kind of dive in here you break down barriers because of that um whereas youth group youth group doesn't need barriers broken down those people are there because they want to be they're already broken right? they're already broken down and they want to be there and they want to they want to uh, grow in their faith more and so at, le- at least some degree even to the like the the s- tiniest degree they're showing up at a church thing mm-hmm. uh, because maybe their mom wants them to show up at this church thing but at the same time like they could have fought harder Right, and so they they're here and they're coming, and so there's something about this faith life that they like, and so let's let's figure that out and and let's let's uh, go with that. Versus the uh, grandma or mom are going to beat you if you don't go to confirmation class. Right? That's right. <laughs> Get so. the chanclas out. <laughs> and what does it all end up as? Poor young adults. They don't get nothing. That's true, but that's that that's part of like what I'd like to to fix here is like. If we can have um, a better formation for our adults in the diocese um, and more consistent, I think more consistent formation is what we really need, is, is having good formation readily accessible to every adult in the diocese, right? 
whatever, uh, whatever, whatever young adult age and on. Because what do young adults want? They want to be formed. Mm. Like they have tons of questions. Um, they they want to know their faith, uh, and they want to know, uh, and they want it um, done in a community <clears throat> style, right? Yeah. And so that's what I really. That's one thing I really like about the, the program that, that they're putting me in charge of is the formation program is, is lends itself towards community style learning, but it's not advertised that way. And so we got to figure all that stuff out, but you're not required to go to a particular class, but it doesn't talk anything about like, Oh, find your people and then go to these classes, you know, and, and, and you guys could learn together and walk together and, you know, figure out how to do stuff together. You know, I was thinking like, um, Exodus 90 or, or um, Blessed is She, they find their small groups and they meet with each other. So you find your small groups and you go to this thing. And well, I think I told you about on like the ideas I was having for young adults too with things like that and to copy like that small group mm-hmm. but bigger group. Right. This and is not just been tied down to a parish because that way you get more regional stuff or even if it's not regional Right. You know, because I know there are some groups that work out well. And, you know, you get a group like a lot, like a lot of the wives and stuff are in the BIS group and friends and stuff. And they're, they're relatively young adults. Of course, they're getting older. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like that opposed to, you know, a lot of the older, older ladies right. or whatnot. Right. Because uh, the problem that what, what we've been doing in young adult ministry is f- focusing on events. And let's get an event together, whether that was Koryesu or um, Coffee and Creed or whatever these, these little events that we were having around the diocese were. It was like, let's throw an event and get people excited and into their faith, and then um, we can keep growing the event? Like, what? Uh, no, that's... That I feel like we need to have different events so they don't get stagnant, do it throughout the year, and then do these within yeah. the small groups, like how Lisa and GB do the BIS group weekly. Yeah. And you can have something like that. I know, what's it called? Don't, doesn't um, St. Anthony still have a big uh, prayer group? Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty decent-sized group. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there are not only St. Anthony people. There are a right. lot They're of them from people. all over the valley. Yeah. yeah. And you get a lot of people from the west side going there because of convenience, I guess. But they are getting some from other parts of the valley. Right. You know, so you could have, like, that's already that. Right. That's already, in a sense, the groups we're talking about. Right, because they started off as small groups. Right. And so they built this community that they stick together, like like us. Like uh, uh, Lisa and you and GV and I and the, and the handful of people that we've we've collected as, like, this is, this is our group. Like, whatever we show up to, we show up to together. You know, that's kind of the thing. That, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's that's kind of the thing. Like, there's not a, there's not a party that goes down where we're not you know, like at your, your place or my place or whatever, that's, uh, that's because we, we decided that like our families paths kind of converge together, right? That's walking in discipleship with each other. And if we were to say like, okay, you know, Neil, you and I, we need to, you know, we go on retreat with each other, right? But, <laughs> but you and I, we, we need to like focus in on our, um, faith development or whatever like that. Let's, let's get a couple more guys together and let's commit to doing 
this class or this semester of classes or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Then that those those semester of classes becomes an event in your life, but it strengthens your small group bond. That flips the event on its head. So like, so you have these. You're encouraging people to find their small group communities and then come to these events mm-hmm. in order that the event might strengthen the small group of community that already exists, right? You you form yourselves better, and then th- this event then ignites a fire under that small group community to say like now we're going out into the world and we're building the kingdom in a real way right versus like oh that was a nice thing that happened in my life or i really didn't like that event or i really did like that event you know and and focusing it around the other way and because i think the problem is we think that uh, a great um like we're gonna we're gonna change people through a, a good talk or a good workshop or something like that, and it, that's not the thing. God's God's the one who ultimately is gonna change people. <clears throat> and right now, where we're seeing the most fruit of God's action in the world is in small faith communities, not in these big events and things like that. It was the the Jesus Revolution is over. This is something new, something different. God doesn't repeat Himself. So you don't want to do big events or? Oh, no, I still think they're necessary. Oh, good. But I, 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 oh, I absolutely think they're necessary because Pentecost was a big event. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you don't want to repeat yourself, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but I just think that how we, how we advertise and how we bring people to those big events has to change. Um, I think that if we focus on, on saying, like, uh, find your small faith community and bring them to this event, right? We're going to strengthen your, you guys together. Right. It's not just about you getting to know more or you getting to do this particular thing. Uh, your group, we're going to bond you guys together. We're going to help you pray together. We're going to help you break things down. We're going to help you grow as disciples together. And then we're going to send you back out into the world to do your apostolate, to go out there and evangelize one another and your neighbors and your workplace and sanctify the temporal realm like we're all called to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel like it's a good way to also get people who might see this event and then find out that there are these small groups that they can join. Yeah. That's true. And that's why I feel like you can have multiple events or something like Mm -hmm. you'd have, like I remember talking with Hector before at when coffee and Creed happened. And I kind of gave him this whole, I think we talked for like two, three hours (laughs) and I'm spilling out like, Oh, this is all these ideas I have. Yeah. And of course, then now he doesn't work there anymore. Yeah, and it's know, just right? like, <laughs> and it's like these are things we could kind of do, but it's like how you do it, you know, or something like that. And you know, like we could have something like a coffee and creed. And I like that we did four, and then it went away, right? You know, and let's say this October we bring it back like we did before, and then it's like once a year you get four months of something like that, you know. So it's not all the time. Like uh, the problem I had when we did. Uh, Theology on Tap with the Newman Center because, like, Father um, Albert wanted to do it. <laughs> and so we would run it. And then, like, the first one had, like, 40,000 people right. there. And, and then, then it dies down. Then it died down. Then it died down. Then it was, like, a group of six or mm-hmm. something. And then it's like, oh, man, we should space these or something right. or, or whatever. But it's, now it's getting hard to do it. And, and there's nobody showing up. And yeah. Well, that's why something like um, – like the fe- uh, the a having them get their small group first before they sign up for the thing right um and then b having something that whenever they sign up they're signing up for a series of things for example this is the blessed is she model right 
So Blessed is She says, okay, go ahead and get your small group together. And um, here's a Bible study you guys can run in your small group or whatever, right? And so they get their small group together and they commit with one another to do this Bible study. This ain't checking up on them. No, no, none of those people are checking up to see that they that they did it. But the the, the group does it, right? Because they committed to one another, right? Right. Or the, like how they go through like book club and stuff. Exactly. Same thing. You get your small group first. We have it backwards. Our problem is, is we keep saying like, come to this event and you'll find your small group, right? And that's the problem. Well, it's also hard to now just make these small groups. Like, as we're saying, St. Anthony's kind of made their small group. Yeah, that was the thing. That, that's what really got me into thinking about this idea, too, was um, Exodus 90. Uh, have you ever done Exodus 90 yet? No, it was you and too I much work. It. Yeah, no, you and I should do it. It'd be great. <laughs> I probably need it. We, we, I think I gained five pounds in the last two weeks. <laughs> we should get a couple of guys together. Hey, if you want to do uh, Exodus 90 with Neil and I, if you're a couple of guys out there who's never done it before because you're like, this sounds too hard and I don't want to do it, so, it sounds too hard. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Let us know, and Neil and I will we'll get together a group. And, and we can't have Aaron. <laughs> Aaron should totally do Exodus ninety. But we gotta wait till his arm heals. You don't have to do a workout. Oh, you do have to do a little bit of workout. I was gonna it doesn't say. have to be. It doesn't have to be like hard. Like your your workout could literally be a walk. You know, that, I need more than a walk. <laughs> but Exodus ninety is. Um, but what. But that program is brilliant because you cannot just go online and sign up and say, I'm going to do Exodus 90. You can't. You have to get a small group and say, this small group is going to do Exodus 90 with me. And then you can, you can register your small group to do Exodus 90, but you cannot do Exodus 90 on your own. And I think that is a brilliant model. because Yeah, because I won't do it if it's myself. Correct. You might sign up and be like, oh, I'll, sh- I'll show up and I'll do this thing. Like, But then like that second day of cold showers, you're like, nope, <laughs> I'm done and I quit, right? Uh, versus when you got a bunch of guys doing it, like, oh, this sucks. And I get to talk about it with a bunch of other people who also think it sucks, right? <laughs> and so that's um, that that blew my mind whenever I saw and I really understood what this model was doing. And I saw how fast Exodus 90 exploded across the country. Right. Um, just because they, I mean, the models, like the whole thing is basic. Like even the reflections in Exodus 90, like nothing against them. There's nothing super profound in there. It's a nice walk through Exodus. Well, maybe that's the point. Yeah, it, it could be. Go ahead, elaborate. Oh, just that it's not super profound. Is yeah. that's the because you got to hit people, right? You got to get them, the 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 noobs. You know what I mean? Because if it's too profound, then people don't. But I'm talking about in in relation to how difficult it is um, in spiritual practice. Right? One, well, yeah, because if you don't want it to be too, I think that the 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 spiritual practice is probably the hardest part for people to grasp onto. Yeah, well, the spiritual practice is what's hard in Exodus ninety. That's what I'm saying. But then the uh, but then the actual reflections that they give you for your spiritual practices, they're those are those are what's basic. And you're saying that that's that's well, yeah, because it's got to be because if it's going to be the hardest part, it's going to be the stuff that's you know going to get people to start this. You can't go into like fourth level, uh, fourth year theology right there, or people are going to be like, "This is hard." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Why do I want to do this if I could just plank? If I, if I could just plank. Yeah. yeah, I can see your point there. Yeah. But, okay. See, your problem is you're already in that. You're too far ahead. You're yeah. like, this is easy. I understand that Moses is a guy who walked in the desert. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I, was re- I, I would read the reflections and I'd, I'd, I'd add more. Then to I'd write. Scripture. I'd write some more. I'd be like, for uh, someone said the advanced class. <laughs> this is Exodus 90 advanced. 
<laughs> Read my reflections. Sorry, this is Exodus 90, <laughs> Volume 2. I'm not even at advanced yet. Moderate. <laughs> 102 uh, class. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, you know, that sounds funny, but. Of course it's funny. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I thought that model was great. And I think, I, I think it has the right order. It's not putting the cart before the horse. Right. Because God's doing something in these small groups. That's why they're exploding all over the place. People are realizing. I think here's what happened. The internet broke community, didn't it? Right. Because you ended up being able to do anything that you wanted and getting all the information that you wanted. And you come to find out, hey, all this information that I can get from the internet, oh, this is the answer to this question, and it says this. But also, there are just as many things on the internet that says the answer is something completely different, right? So I can't trust any of the information that I have at my fingertips. Well, I also think it's the point where we're the most connected with everybody, but we're the least connected with everybody. Add that to the, th add that to the mix, and now what happens is... People want to stick to the, they want to get close with and they want to know and they want to learn with the people who are closest to them, right? And so you've, we've built a culture in which these big events just seem like that's great, but I don't know if that's true. I need to connect with other people. But if I just went by myself, then I felt good about it, but I can't talk to, a, to, uh, to anybody about it right. because I didn't go with anybody. Right. And so this is this, this all right. I had a feel good moment there, and now it's gone. But I feel one thing, not to contradict. No, no, contradict. No, well, it's not even really. <laughs> it's just kind of. I feel like, from what I've known in some of these events and stuff, there's a lot of these people who are like, "Hey, I'm new here. This is what I felt." Right. And then they're like, "Oh, well, cool. I'll talk to you about that, or other people will and stuff." Right. And then you kind of talk about that at the event. Like if we had the Coffee and Creed and the bishop did a talk and then did all the talk, uh, did, did all the Q&A. And then after all that, some people would talk, you know, we they'd hang out for an hour and a half after. And a lot of people could then talk about those things. And maybe if the loner was brave enough to go meet new people or something. And a lot of times these events are big enough. To do that kind of stuff. So, but I'm all for like if we were to have several of these St. Anthony sized groups throughout town, I think that would work out great. Kind of like how the BIS, because there's more than one BIS group. Oh, yeah. They're all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Well, I'm at in town. Yeah. I know of two. Is there three or well, there's more than that? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's several. I know that there is the, the Henderson, then there's the South, and then there's the East. And so the, the, do the East Side girls have it? East Side girls have their own. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Is there another group too? Uh, I believe uh, in the north area over by um, Padua. Oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. See, that's what I mean. Yeah. But if you had like, in a sense, four of these groups that were young adult groups or, you know, we don't even have to call them. I don't even know because I'm even almost wanting to not call things young adult. Right. So that. Well, that's, that's why something like the Foundational Faith Formation Program is going to appeal to adults at all ages of the spectrum. Mm. But the young adults are only going to show up to this thing if they have their community, right? The older adults are going to show up to this thing because they're used to showing up to these kinds of things, right? This mm. is like, uh, oh, I, I like to learn about my faith or I want to... Um, oh, you're right. Sorry. I just had like... <laughs> when they changed the missile, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who showed up to that? That was in, that was in 2011 when they, sh when they changed the, oh the third God, edition of the really missile. Mm-hmm. We went to a class on my birthday. Nice. So it must have either been on my, never mind. But, and we went 
in our little group because we had the axe group here in town and it was literally like a bunch of people you know yeah and it's just our group and and maybe it was sheena's idea i don't know who it was it said we should go to this class right and who was there a bunch of old people. Right. But there were us, and we because went you came as, as a our group. group. Yes. And that's when I remembered on how much I hate when people talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. The and I don't mean the people talking. No, 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 no. Oh. I mean the people who ask questions. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Q&A. Where, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, Q&A Because it's be like, hey, we're changing the missile. You know, I have, a, I have a very strong devotion to reconciliation. Are we changing that? <laughs> no. no. I have a question about this. Are we changing that? No. <laughs> Guess what? We're we're changing like so little, and ninety percent of it's the stuff the priest says. So don't worry about it. My favorite was I probably told this story before is the youth group kids or even some of the young adults, and they're like, "It's dumb. Why are we changing the words?" Blah blah blah. What's well, actually closer to the Latin stuff? Really? Well, you got a Spanish mass, yeah, yeah. Now say what they say instead of also with you. <laughs> and they go, yep. oh, crap, you're right. Like, because they kept their box of Spanish prayers right. and their box of English prayers. Yep, <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> and they didn't realize that, that everything were switched. something different. <laughs> that once we switched all the English words that they thought were dumb, once they converted to Spanish, they said, oh, that's what I've been saying since I was a kid. <laughs> yep, yep, because uh, we, we had a very dynamic translation for the, for the Roman Missal, but... Yeah, what was that in the sixties? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those things that was pushed out super fast, and so they're like, "All right, we know that this needs revisions," and uh, you know there was a second revision in the nineties or whatever, and then yeah, because yeah. this is the third, this mm-hmm. is the third missile, and then we just did the third one. Yeah. yeah, but I just thought that was, but you're right, we did it as a group, right? And that you know at that time we had a pretty decent sized St. Francis roughly group. Yeah, and, and a lot of those people are still connected. Yeah, yeah, like you were saying, like our. Like you're saying, like our little uh, running crew that we yeah. have, the bigger version of that includes a lot of the people that used to be in the St. Francis yep. group. And some of our St. Francis group had Prince of Peace people mm-hmm. before you even came back into town. Right. And so, and that was that same Prince of Peace people who I went to youth group with that's in high mean. school. Right. Well, no, no. That's why I was pointing out with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's the, yeah, that, the, the listeners didn't know that. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry. But the point, yes, exactly. So the point what I, that made it more important that I was trying to bring up listeners is <laughs> that we got Prince of Peace people who I met to, who were going to our young adult group. And then when you came around, it's like, oh, these are all your old old high school friends. Yep. But they didn't come because of you were running it. Nope. This is before you were even back. This yep. is even two youth ministers before that. They came because they were looking for their community. They had a community and they wanted to grow it. Yeah. That's why and they we came. had a pretty good community there. And it lasted, you know, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then you showed up and it and fell it apart. Fell apart, man. Yeah. No, it's so funny. <laughs> I felt bad because I think you really felt that for a bit. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you kind of expect as coming in as a youth minister is like. But it was falling apart if you came or not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that group kind of just yeah. with some of the people. There was a lot of people moving away and yeah. and people getting married and then infighting right. and la di di da and then like you showed up and it was literally like wow there was like forty people here and now there's two <laughs> me and Lisa. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's that's kind of the, the the normal thing for for youth ministry. That's what I don't want to happen at St. Francis is the like the new youth minister show up and the you know there's no volunteers and there's nobody wanting to come to youth group and things like that. I know, I feel bad. That would, that would make me. Very I sad. think a, a bit of it might be. 
Yeah, I know. I know what the teens. Uh, some of that is, um, and and some of the volunteers that said like, the only reason why I volunteer is because you're here. I'm like, no, that shouldn't be the reason that you're volunteering. <laughs> it is a little tough, and I would say it shouldn't be that they're doing it because of you. But the problem will be is like, like even if it's for me, right? Like you and I've worked so close together that if I have to work under somebody else who's doing something different. Right. Change is hard. It's going to be real hard because it was hard for me to work with you after working with like Anthony. Right. And it was easy for me to work with Anthony because we came from the search group. So I already kind of knew it, but that's me like working under my buddy Kelly, like the way he would do stuff. Cause he, you know, never the real, was never the leader of search, but he was really the, the leader of search kind of without you knowing it kind right. of thing. And like, the way Kelly would do stuff is the way, like, I've learned how to do things. And then you see, like, Anthony and I would work together well. And then it's like, oh, well, Anthony does this, and David is the exact opposite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you worked with him enough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, Lisa thinks it's hilarious because she would point it out. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Him and I are, are complete opposites in our style. Yeah. But do you guys get along well? Like, oh, yeah, when absolutely. you work? That's what I think is funny. Yeah. Is, <laughs> I think we're complimentary. That's the opposite yeah. thing. Is, yeah. The, the, the opposites attract thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. You... Oh, my wife is home. Oh, well, gotta wrap this episode. No. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad episode, though. Like, I think that's actually from. Well, we don't need to totally end it, Joe, no, because no, I still uh, want to go into more stuff. Yeah, let's go. we can go into more, but I'm, I'm still pleased with where this went because I didn't know what we were going to do. <laughs> oh, I didn't either. I thought I was going to talk about Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Did you see the new Flash? Yeah. Oh, I like that. See, I got to see two movies. I should have done more. I should have. Yeah. I should have. I literally, I wrote to Adam. And I was like, I really didn't plan this out well. Exactly. <laughs> Don't.